To you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Welcome to Being Green. That's the call of the southern yellow-billed hornbill, which is endemic to the dry savannas of southern Africa. In a 2016 assessment for the International Union for Conservation of Nature, or IUCN's Red List of Threatened Species, it was evaluated as least concern. This despite the fact that the population appears to be decreasing. But a recent study at the University of Cape Town into the effect of climate change on their breeding success in the Kalahari Desert found that they could be wiped out by 2027. Nicholas Pattinson of UCT's Fitzpatrick Institute of African Ornithology was one of the team of researchers and also lead author of the paper on the subject. Nick, could you begin by telling us a little bit about this bird, what it looks like, where it lives, what it eats? Yes, yeah. The yellow-billed hornbills are really, uh, really interesting, really awesome bird. They have a, a very big yellow bill, um, which sort of got them the name banana beaks um, to some people. And uh, yeah, they live sort of across most of the central parts of southern Africa. And a lot of their uh, main part of their distribution falls in the Kalahari Desert, which is where I, I worked on them. It's so funny. I actually saw that that they were referred to as the flying banana. That made me, that made me laugh. Nick, the IUCN seems to have been quite relaxed about the bird. What made you concerned? Yeah, the red list the assessments are done sort of based on a whole lot of criteria, and the yellow-billed hornbill didn't cut it for for making it into one of the endangered vulnerable categories um, for a few reasons. But we were concerned about them because a lot of their distribution falls in the Kalahari, and the Kalahari is heating up so rapidly with, with climate change. So um, we wanted to see how they were doing at the moment and how they were going to respond to that really rapid climate change. So it's, it's really just kind of their distribution and the fact that they breed in the Kalahari. The team studied them over a period of 11 years. It's a long time. What did you find during that period? Yeah, it was uh, quite a long time, and I, I definitely can't take credit for all the work. Um, a lot of people did a lot of work for it. But, yeah, basically the, the key finding of our study is that over that 11-year period or 10-year period, the hornbills have been struggling or increasingly struggling to breed as it's been getting hotter. So their, their breeding success um, since when we started monitoring them in 2008 has basically collapsed to, to nearly zero um, over that 10-year period. Why would the higher temperature impact breeding? And and this I found particularly perplexing because I read somewhere or the other that the um, female hornbill loses all her feathers during the breeding process. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of birds, it's not unique to hornbills to be um, affected by high temperatures. Birds do struggle at higher temperatures the same as a lot of animals do. But yeah, the hornbills sort of are affected by high temperatures because high temperatures mean that you can't be active as much is kind of one of the key effects, uh, which means that when it's very hot, you can't forage a lot or you can't forage very efficiently. And when you can't forage very well, obviously then you don't get a lot of prey and you can't provision that to the nest. Um, to the, the And the female for southern yellow-billed hornbills is actually sealed inside her nest cavity. Um, and that's when, like you say, she molts all of her flight feathers. So she can't actually forage for herself. So 
She completely relies on the male hornbill to bring all of the food that she needs to survive and that she needs to provision to the chicks as well. So, so when it's really hot and they can't forage for any food um, and they can't provision a lot of food, then both the female and the chicks really suffer because of that. And I would imagine enclosed in the nest, as you say, if the temperatures outside are much higher than usual, it must also get very steamy in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it it's sort of varies from nest to nest, and we we don't have a lot of information about the uh, humidity inside the nest, um, but the temperatures inside the nests can get very hot, and, and especially in the nest boxes that we studied the hornbills breeding in um, at our field site, because we didn't study them inside their natural cavities, we had them breeding in a system of nest boxes. And um, in those nest boxes, the, the temperatures can get can get very high indeed, yeah. Apart from stopping climate change, Nick, is there anything that can be done about it? So my most uh, recent work is looking into some sort of mitigatory strategies for the hornbill and for birds like the hornbill. You know, things like providing nests that are thermally buffered, you know, nests that are going to provide a, a relatively cooler environment for the, for the birds to breed in, um, or, you know, providing artificial water sources that might help birds that, that drink, uh, that need to drink a lot in order to deal with high temperatures. The hornbills don't actually drink uh, any water. They get all the water they need just from their food. So providing, you know, water sources wouldn't really help the hornbills, but that sort of thing, like providing water or food, might be an option to help birds like this um, cooler nests, but yeah, ultimately, you know, all of that is kind of a stopgap, which might just give us time to do something about the big problem, which is climate change. And what a big problem that is. Thanks to Nicholas Pattinson, a researcher at UCT's Fitzpatrick Institute of African Ornithology. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Being Green till next time. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.